Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, both domestic and foreign, welcome to another episode of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. A day late, but uh, better late than never. Uncle Buck had to go into hero mode last night and save all the good people of Tippa County from uh, that deep darkness that befalls on North Mississippi when the uh, <laughs> weather comes. So, Uncle Buck, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, uh, we're going to try this one more time. Uh, appreciate everybody's patience. Uh, we got about 30 minutes into recording the podcast last night, and my lights started flickering, and so I knew something was up. And then about that time, my phone started blowing up because we had um, – if you round up 7,000 people out of power with one strike of lightning last night. And so luckily it wasn't just the biggest ordeal. It was kind of the best case scenario in terms of getting it back on. That's why I'm here tonight. So it was not a, unlike the previous storms of the last month that has not been a three day affair. <laughs> so all things that end well are good with me. And so we're going to give this another shot tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, we were sitting here recording and his power blinked and his eyes got big and he kind of gave me a look. And next thing I know, I got a text message that I may have to change to my phone. I might have to go. And we tried to record from his phone and uh, his front tires didn't get out of his driveway good. And he said, <laughs> Rusty, got to go. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was going to try to, you know, get it on my phone and and talk, you know, while I was just assessing the situation and and then what I didn't realize is that every employee that we have was going to start calling me wondering where they need to go work. And so I just wasn't going to work last night. So we're going we're uh, we're going to give it to you tonight and we're going to have a good podcast for you. Absolutely. So uh, have a good draft for tonight. We started it last night, but uh, get to finish it tonight and show everybody what uh, what we're thinking. So, uh, Uncle Buck, we've had some good ones so far. I think we've had some good topics, but this is one of my favorite um so tonight we are drafting the first five things or top five things i guess you would buy if you won the lottery yeah and just to set the record straight for everybody the most recent lottery winnings were about a billion dollars pre-tax but we are not just going to limit ourselves at a billion dollars okay uh we're just going to say if the lottery did not have a winner for the next say decade and that got up to uh a hundred billion or just uh infinite amount of money. If you had all the money in the world, what would you buy with your first, what would your first five purchases be? And right. so that's where we're going tonight. And right. uh, my co-host here, Rusty Buckets has the first pick of the draft. So Rusty, what do you got for us? I got a slam dunk. It's the most obvious pick for any dude that wins the lottery. And, and you know, not going to discriminate. Some ladies may do this as well, but the first thing I'm buying is a sports franchise. That's Yeah. It was it was going to be my number one pick. Yeah, doesn't matter if it's a, a basketball, baseball, football. There's nothing better than a Friday night calling up the boys or your or your your friends, whatever, and say, hey, let's go sit in the owner suite or let's go sit courtside at my franchise. Yeah, and I've always been super jealous of Mark Cuban for that reason. And Mark Cuban doesn't sit in an owner's box. He is courtside. And he is right in the middle of everything. He's the guy chirping at the refs. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the guy that's on the dog pile. I was watching an interview with him because I love Shark Tank. I'm sure you do, Rusty. I don't yeah. know anybody who doesn't. And uh, I was watching an interview with him, and he was he said that the best purchase he made was the Dallas Mavericks. And it was for two reasons. Uh, one, he said, one, I'm going to infer here. Uh, but the first one, he was just like, that's my team. 
if somebody hits a game-winning buzzer beater and everybody dogpiles at half court, I'm in that dogpile and nobody can tell me not to because <laughs> guess what? It's my team. <laughs> you know, it's my building. It's I pay the security guards. He's like, nobody can stop me from doing anything in my arena. And the second thing is owning a sports franchise is the probably the safest investment you can make. You're just talking about return on profit, you know, ROI, your return on your investment. I saw that uh, the Dallas Mavericks, when Mark Cuban bought them, sold for around $500 million. The Phoenix Suns, just a few months ago, sold for $4 billion. So you got to think about just the money that he invested. And you know Dallas is probably worth at least as much as as Phoenix. Yeah. And you got to think, if it's worth $4 billion, that's eight times what you put into it. It's incredible. And I'm not going to be one of these these distance owners. I'm going to be Mark Cuban or Steve Bellamore. I'm going to be courtside, fieldside, in like right outside the dugout, whatever I own. I'm going to be right there. Like you said, chirping at the refs. I'm going to be spending money, getting players. Like it's it's going to be a free for all. We're going to be competitive. We're going to be good. Yeah, we will be in the luxury tax if we're an NBA team. Absolutely. We're spending money. <laughs> we're going to be competitive. I'm not going to be one of those. Uh, not going to be one of those owners that try to cut corners. No. And save no. as much money to no. increase my profit margins. Sure. No, the margins are fine. I've yeah. got enough money that I can own an NBA franchise. You know, so I'm not worried about cutting, trimming the fat any to save a little bit more money. I would even be generous, Drew, and give you a discount on season tickets. And I would reject that because if I haven't done enough for you to get a handout, then we're not really as close as I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. So, yeah, what would what what sporting event would you target first? NFL? I'd have to be, I, uh, to me, it's the NBA. I, for me, it's baseball, because even people who don't like baseball like going to baseball games. And I guess the same could be said for any sports franchise. I, I just I love baseball and baseball, like putting a putting a, a professional baseball team in Memphis just seems like a, a, a win win all the way around. Yeah, to me it's the NBA and it's a no-brainer just because of one the amount of games. If I own a if I own a sports franchise, I want to go to like 41 games, you know. And Major so League Baseball, you got 80. Major League Baseball's got, you know, 81. And so I get that. I that works against me, but also NBA as a product is just better than the MLB and MLB is this is a whole conversation about what Major League Baseball has gotten wrong in the past. But they're so market driven too that it's mm-hmm. they're having a hard time recruiting young fans. Sure. So I think just for the business model, the NBA is NFL is probably king. That's but fair. if I yeah. if I weigh my own interest and what I want to watch versus mm-hmm. what I actually I think would make me a little bit of money, I'd mm-hmm. go the NBA. Yeah, that's anyway. fair. All right. Anyways, it's a great first pick regardless. Next up, you got the second pick of the first round as well as the first of the second. All right, so I'm going to go super super chalk here, uh, and I think it's because it's the most obvious thing. Rich people say all the time that the most valuable asset that they have is their time because every second they spend, they could be making a billion dollars, and so they're not going to waste any of it. 
And the yep. best way to save as much time and to set my own schedule is to have my own private jet. Ooh, that, mm, that's tough, man. That was yeah. definitely in my top five. Yeah. You're talking about a trip to the with the boys. You want to go to Vegas? Okay. <laughs> Drop of the hat. We can go to Vegas. You want to go? I don't know. What do you want to do, Rusty? We'll fly there. Yeah. Uh, listen, we can follow the Grizz on any West Coast. They got a big road trip coming up. We can follow the Grizz. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So that's my number one pick. Quick funny story about that. I had a patient one time. I think I could tell this on here, but he had a, it had surgery and was going on a trip, a short trip. And so I thought it'd be in a car. So I'm like, you definitely want to move, you know, move your legs in the car. Don't sit there and get too stiff. He's like, oh no, Rusty, I'm flying. And I'm like, all right, just a couple hours, but cool. You're flying commercial, especially you might get blood clots, want to move those legs, keep up, you know, don't get too stiff and sit there too long. And he looks at me and goes, Rusty, I have a private jet. <laughs> I said, well, go, man, not all of us have private jets. Some of us are from North Mississippi. Like, <laughs> yeah. Forgive me for not assuming you have a private jet. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, a private jet sounds like a cool thing to own, if nothing else. So I can look at people and be like, hey, I have a private jet. <laughs> you know, a quick way to get poked in the eyeball is to tell the, tell the next man that comes in there. It's like, now, when you're flying, make sure you stretch your legs on your private plane. He just will poke you in the eye and be like, Dude, I don't have a private plane. I'm poor. And then, you know, <laughs> well, the last guy had a private plane, and yeah. now I'm scared to assume that anybody doesn't have a private plane. What, what's this world coming to? We don't all have private planes. Man. Right. Come on. <laughs> right. I couldn't. I couldn't afford a an a a drone, much less a private plane. <laughs> uh, my next pick is a vacation home. I will take and I will spend an exorbitant amount of money. On homes with an S, homes. I will have one at the coasts. I will have one in the tropics. I will have one in the mountains to go skiing. Uh, I will take my private jet and I will frequent whichever house has the best temperature at the time. And that temperature is uh, 75 degrees and higher. (laughs) Unless we're going snow skiing. And then it has to be snowing. No, none of that fake snow. I don't want it. The one time I've ever been snow skiing, I was very fortunate. It came a thick snow, and so I was just spoiled. And so <laughs> I will ski on snow, and then the other houses I will go to when it is 75 degrees and higher. There you go. Yeah, can't argue with that, man. You just move with the temperature how you want it. You get there in your private jet. Yeah, you can't argue with that. You really can. All right. Uh, so I've g- I got a uh, a plane in private and private vacation homes and you have an NBA franchise. So where are you going to go with your next two picks? Everybody who knows me knows I like to be outside. I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to camp, sit by a bonfire. Drew, you and I have sat by many a bonfire together. Many a bonfire. And so many a stogies by a bonfire. Absolutely. And there's not much better in this world than sitting on your own, let's say 8,000 acre farm with a house right in the middle of it, surrounded by woods and water and fields and trees and so my next purchase would be this just massive farm. We'll call it in the Midwest where there's plenty of deer, ducks, turkey to hunt, fish, places to just get out and space out. Give me a big old farm. Yeah, I actually had that on my list, but I had ranch. And so I think that's kind of what you're getting at here. Yeah. Uh, what I had in mind was Yellowstone. Mm. And I, I keep up with Yellowstone because I don't know if you know this about me, Rusty, but I have a severe case of FOMO uh, I fear of missing out so if I hear everybody talking about it sure. I'm going to watch it uh, sure. and so in my mind I'm thinking Yellowstone Ranch 
and uh, it was on my list. It's a solid pick. Little uh, hot take here. I haven't watched Yellowstone. I mean, you would love it probably I more know. than I love it. I mean, I think I think the people that love Yellowstone just love the idea of mm-hmm. wanting to do that one day. The vigilante you know? justice, all that stuff. I get that. Right. I watched the the pilot, and I, you can't judge an episode by the pilot. I know. I wasn't impressed. But if the pilot sucks, I'm not watching it. Yeah. And I just wasn't impressed. And so I'll go back and watch it because I am a huge Kevin Costner fan. Everything Kevin Costner's in for Love of the Game is one of my favorite movies. Dancing with Wolves is one of my favorite movies. And so I'll watch anything with Kevin Costner. But I just I just got into to Yellowstone and like my mama loves it. She's all about Rip and, and Beth and everybody. And I kind of know the gist of it. I just hadn't, wa- hadn't sat down and watched it. So. I mean, it's solid, but anybody tells you that it's the greatest show of all time, just take it with a grain of salt. Sure. And, and yeah, that's it. That's, I mean, anytime, and like, call me a curmudgeon. You've called me that on this podcast many times, but like, I'm kind of the opposite. When something gets a whole bunch of hype, like, I never watched Game of Thrones. Like, I oh, no, you're missing out on that one. I know. I know. All right. So you got one more pick on the turn here. What are you taking? <laughs> so, Drew, we've talked about this before. So you probably know where this is going. If I'd have known that beer college was a thing when I was struggling through <laughs> classes at Mississippi State, I wouldn't be a physical therapist. I'm just here to tell you that right now. I would purchase and open a brewery or a distillery, and we talked about doing that right there in Corinth, Mississippi. I think it would do well. Um, but, yeah, I would open a brewery or distillery. I read about a guy uh, kind of in a little bit of preparation for this in Ireland who won a, a, a mega lottery over there and opened his own distillery and tripled his money. So I'm like, hey – this makes sense. This makes me more money. Well, you got to think about the location of that too. Ireland. Ireland. What else do they do? You know, <laughs> uh, that was actually when I was in engineering school, uh, I went and up and visited you one time and we went to a distillery yep. in South Carolina. Yep. And, um, I don't know if you remember this or not, but the guy told us, and I believe it was when, with you, maybe it was when we came down to, uh, when you came down to Jackson that time, and we went to oh, we went to uh, what was the name of that brewery we went to? It's not there anymore. Lucky, no, Lucky Town. Lucky, Lucky Town. That was Lucky it. Town. We went to Lucky Town mm-hmm. and got to talking to the brewmaster there, mm-hmm. and he said surprisingly a lot of brewmasters are engineers because mm-hmm. it makes I think sense. That was Lucky Town. Uh, yeah, yeah. said so if you think about it, it makes sense. You know, you it's a it's a formula. It's an yep. equation. It's a, it's chemistry, you know, yep. how to make a good beer. Mm-hmm. And I told myself then, if I flunk out of engineering school, <laughs> that's what I'll do. That's so, it. Luckily, I didn't. But uh, so, uh, yeah, so Rusty's is got a sports franchise uh, with his own brewery inside mm-hmm. the building. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and then he's going to vacation to his ranch in that's middle it. America. That's it. I have got an aeroplane and... Uh, Many vacation houses. Uh, from there, I am going to be the ultimate sports fan. Uh, you cannot. You have taken the opportunity of owning a franchise for me, so I'm just going to be fair game to all sports and have season tickets to anything that I want to watch. Mm. I will have courtside seats to Grizzlies. I will have. I'll be behind the catcher at Ole Miss baseball and Cardinals baseball. I'll be on the 50-yard line because I'm not a schmoozer. I'm not high class. I don't want to be in the box. I want to be one of the people. Be with the you know? people. Yeah, I am a man of the people, and this podcast is a podcast of the people. And so I want to be there yelling and screaming with all the rest of the hooligans. 
Yeah. And so the only difference between me and them is I'm filthy rich and I have all of the tickets. <laughs> so uh, I will have any sporting event ticket that you can dream of going to. That's where I'll be. I like it. Yeah. You Rusty can't argue will let that. me borrow his plane. <laughs> I said, you can't argue with that, man. You get to go see all your favorite teams. You know, maybe a plane is about like a boat. The only thing better than owning a boat is having a friend with a boat, you know? That's, that's it, man. I'll just I'll just mooch off of you. We'll fly to my sports <laughs> franchise that I own. I'll and get your we'll, tickets. There we go. <laughs> man, we need to get we need to start buying tickets, man. We need to win we the lottery. We need to start buying lottery tickets. That's a podcast people would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'd podcast every day if that's all we had to do. Absolutely. I put, Hey, I put a whole studio in my farm just for this. <laughs> there we go. Uh, with my next pick, uh, I'm going to go with every man's dream. If you could give any man a blank check and say, this check is for a brand new truck, man, that's what I would buy. And, yeah. uh, mainly it's because I've never had new vehicles. You know, I've never, I'm currently driving an O2 F-150. I told my wife, I just need a truck to go to Lowe's in. So I found one I could pay cash for. Yep. And I bought me a Ford F-150 uh, that's 20 years old. And so if you told me that I had all the money in the world, I would go buy me a brand new truck. Mm. Hard and, to argue with that, man. And I would custom build it. I don't know what I'd get, uh, but I know that I would have a say in every single stitch that was in that truck. Yeah. Would be Hard how I get it. Hard to argue with building your own truck, man. Like you said, you can kind of put everything you want on it, all the bells and whistles, whatever. Um, but no brand? You don't have a particular brand? Uh, honestly, if I was to buy one off the lot, I like the look of those uh, GMC AT4s. I think those are pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm not a – people that you know live and die by brands of vehicles and use it as punchlines for other people who have different brands, or, yeah. that seems pretty silly to me. I don't, I'm not tied to a – yeah. To a brand like that, mainly because uh, I've basically just had a little bit of everything, you know. Yeah. You uh, you've had a lot of Ford in your life, and so I could see that. But it's mostly people who are like married to Ford, <laughs> married to Chevy. I, I, right. My last two trucks have been Rams. I like Rams. They're they look good. They ride good. That's probably what I'll keep driving. But I'm not going to sit here and hate on somebody else for having yeah, a Toyota my, or whatever. My first truck was a '97 Silverado mm. Stepside. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a Toyota. You remember my old Toyota Celica? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my old Speedster. <laughs> and then I had a couple of Ford Fusions. Mm-hmm. And now I've got an F-150. So maybe yeah. it's time to change it up and go with the GMC. So. Listen, I'm going to be 36 in a couple of weeks, and I've had three vehicles. I had that Ford Bronco. I had that blue Ram. And yep. now I got that silver one. Yep. So, uh, Rusty, you got the turn here. Um, you currently yep. got your uh, sports franchise brewery on a ranch. So what's next? <laughs> That's it. So for my fourth pick, first pick of the fourth round, I, I moved to Myrtle Beach. I caught the bug. I'm going to buy some land, and I'm going to build my own private golf course. Uh, I'm going to have it made to where everything goes about 200 yards out and then makes a 90 degree <laughs> with a wide fairway over there. So when I slice that drive off the tee, it lands just as pretty in the middle of that fairway as you could possibly ask. Saying that you hit it 200 yards straight and then it starts tailing is <laughs> A little bit generous, I think. Hey, you haven't seen me lately, man. I've straightened the first part of it out, but I can't I can't finish it. I'm a first quarter team, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's every uh, – that's another dream. You know, yeah. golf is just the old boy's dream anyways. You know, rednecks, don't let them fool you. They like golf too because any 
outdoor activity that you can legally drink beer at, you know, that's, that's going to be every country boy's dream. And every, every golf course coming with a cooler, a bush light, every other holes having one of those Gatorade coolers, a fireball, like it's going to be a a, a dude's course. Not on my golf course. There will be none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So what, what you got next? That's a solid pick. So my last pick, I've got a sports franchise. I've got a farm. I've got a brewery distillery. I've got a private golf course. And for my last pick, I'm building every young boy, every other, every man's dream. Okay. I'm building a bat cave. (laughs) What better thing to do with a whole bunch of money than to hire a super cool butler, build a super computer and fight crime in the streets. Or you just go down there and drink beer and play video games. Either no, way, yeah, you're I'm not winning fighting in the back game. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you may be as rich as Bruce Wayne, but I don't think that you've uh, – I got you're, you're going to fight as well. I got bad knees, man. I ain't out <laughs> fighting nobody. <laughs> so did he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a layer is how I would put that. You know, uh, back cave, you, you don't need all the monitoring and all the high-tech right. weaponry. Build you a layer that just has an arcade – and a wall of TVs and the yeah. most comfortable chair in the world with a universal remote that can control everything. That's all Basketball you need. court, uh, a refrigerator right by the chair. I, I mean, yeah, this thing could be the ultimate man cave, but we're going to call it a lair or a bat cave. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'll wrap it up here. Uh, and I'm going, you know, my list is pretty practical. Um, Rusty, you don't have any children yet. And um, which is fortunate for you for one reason. Um, it's when you have to clean your house, you only have to clean up your mess. Right. And you don't make many messes. I'm sure as a mid thirties adult, you know, you're not tearing your house to shreds every day. I'm a neat I have, guy. I have three children and a dog. <laughs> and so my house is a constant mess to clean up. It don't matter <laughs> if you spend a day and a half cleaning your house, you let those kids make one lap through it. And it might as well have just not even been touched. Yeah. And so with my last pick, and I, I picked it last, I, it's not the least important. It actually may be the one I'm most uh, in love with. But because I knew you would not pick it, I'm picking it last. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hire a full-time maid mm. slash nanny. Yeah. Okay. So I will have uh, a woman that comes in, or man, I don't care, <laughs> come in, clean my house every day well at this point i've got a 15 million dollar mansion somewhere so they'll have their own quarters there you go but cook clean babysit when me and the lady want to go out when me and buckets want to go catch a game uh she will take care of all the things that uh my children destroy spoken like a true dad you live uh, you've got three of the sweetest kids in the world but they're Tasmanian devils, just like any kid. They're going to come through and tear it up. <laughs> Even the best kid in the world makes a mess. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's a very practical, safe pick. Spoken like a true dad who's, <laughs> who needs a little bit of help. I'm and I'm sure that. Haley's in the background giving you the old golf clap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was partly her idea, I'm sure. <laughs> so if I told her we had a blank check, that would be the first thing that she bought. Right. She would be conducting interviews within the hour. <laughs> exactly. All right, Buckets, run down your list. Sports franchise of my choice, a farm in middle America, a brewery or a distillery, my own private built golf course with only right-hand fairways, 
<laughs> and a bat cave slash lair. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a private jet with multiple vacation homes. I will have infinite amount of tickets to sporting events. I will have a brand new custom truck and a full time live in maid slash nanny. So Man. well, you uh, know where to find us on our socials at Two Buck Sports Pod on Instagram and Twitter at the number two. And look us up, vote. I'm going to get these posted and uh, let us know who has the better list, who spent their money more frivolously, maybe wisely. I don't know. <laughs> vote on who has the better one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also have a Facebook page now, so uh, go give that a like as well. Yeah. So awesome. Rusty, where you want to go next? All right, buddy. We've had a lot of sports happenings over the last uh, week or so, including the media once again attacking our boy ja morant for those of you keeping up at home ja has been in the news the last couple of days not for his triple double the other night against the hated la lakers not for almost scoring 40 points against uh uh the sixers the other night not for any of that stuff but for off the court drama he's got a couple lawsuits that are out there one from a local kid um allegedly playing pickup basketball. They got into an altercation. He claimed Ja assaulted him. He Ja claims that the kid attacked him. It's just, it's not a good look for anybody and including the mom who has tried multiple multi-million dollar lawsuits across the Memphis area. Yeah. We were talking before the show started. Uh, and that was the article I was looking for was mm. outlining. So basically what happened and this, this is not new news. That's the thing no. that's kind of frustrating me. Uh, it seems like this comes out every couple of months, and it's the same story with just a little wrinkle to it. So mm-hmm. a couple months, I mean, it's been more than a couple months ago, uh, Ja was, uh, had a lawsuit, a civil suit, which means that there were no criminal actions right. done against him. He was seeking money. That a 17-year-old kid uh, was beat up by Ja at Ja's house on Ja's basketball court. And uh, what happened... Uh, according to the story, is that the kid threw the basketball at Jaw's face and hit Jaw in the face with a basketball, and Jaw proceeded to punch him in the face. Yep. To me, that sounds like you're going to – I mean, I know he's 17, and if you want to get wrapped up on that, that's fine. You're 17. Uh, if, if you're 17 and a half doing yeah. this, it's no different to me than if you're 18. You Absolutely. Know, we're just being honest. And you do that to me at my house, you're going to get punched in the face. You sure. know? Uh, uh, the only difference is in this story, the other detail that was added was that Ja came back, uh, left, and then came back and had a gun in his waistband. And so whether you believe it or not, uh, a month ago, Ja was accused of his somebody in his traveling party pointing a gun at the Indiana Pacers. So to me, it sounds like, okay, well, Somebody accused Ja or somebody in Ja's traveling party of having a gun and pointing it at the Pacers. So let's add that to the story. That's how I read it. And and maybe I'm being a Ja apologist. Uh, I don't think I am because, like Rusty said, uh, this kid's mother has been involved in trying to sue everybody. Yeah. Uh, she has schooled, uh, tried to sue the school district for bullying. Just it seems like they're they're trying to make a buck. Mm-hmm. Let me let me say this though. John needs to straighten up. Yes. He needs to uh if John owns a weapon, which I am a 
Second Amendment guy for the most part. Uh, we're not going to get into the limits of my beliefs on the Second Amendment, uh, not on a sports podcast. However, I do believe everybody has a right to have armory for their own protection. If Ja has that and he is choosing to walk around basketball courts with him in his waistband, then somebody's got to get to him and be like, dude, yeah. stop. Yeah. Because uh, ask uh, Plaxico Burris what happens when you're just innocently traveling with a weapon in your waistband. Right. You know, Plaxico Burris had one in his waistband, mm-hmm. falls down and shoots himself in the leg. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, that's the most innocent things that could happen that would be tragic. Uh, the most unfortunate thing was that things get too heated and you go to it, mm-hmm. you know. Don't ever let it be an option. Yeah. Do not travel with a gun in your waistband in any yep. situation if that's what indeed happened. Yep. And the other thing, Drew, like it, it seems like it's either Ja or his entourage, one that keeps getting in trouble. And so it's either Ja or his team or somebody close to him needs needs to have a sit down with him and his team and be like, listen, guys, you are greatness, Ja. Like you have got unlimited Everything. potential. You've got every the world is at your fingertips. You've got to stay out of trouble. You've got to avoid these altercations. I don't care what's going on. It's not worth sacrificing the hundreds of millions of dollars you could potentially make on your NBA contracts, on your brand new shoe deal. You've got a whole line of clothes at Nike. And how many times, Drew, have we seen unfortunate choices derail bright athletic future? And I don't want it to happen in one of ours. Yeah, and it's it's just silly. Uh, there was another story that came out in the same article. Yep. Um, involving a footlocker altercation uh from what i read jaw's mother got into an argument with an employee at footlocker and she called Galleria in freaking germantown tennessee one of the nicest posh areas of memphis right and so she called jaw so jaws and his uh his gang a gang's bad word his uh his buds his, his pals you know he called them up and they met the security card in the parking lot, and one of Jaws' running buddies uh, slapped the security guard on the back of the head, or shoved the security guard on the back of the head. And again, that's not Jaw, but don't put yourself in that situation, man. Yep, that's it, man. You can't, you can't let your team get out of control. Your bros, like you gotta, somebody's gotta be let cooler heads prevail there and realize, like, hey, this ain't worth it. This is us taking the high road, being the bigger person here and walking away. Because if not, like these incidents are going to follow you. They're going to keep growing and somebody's going to test the bluff and there's going to be a, some really bad, really bad things come out of it. And we'll end it with this. Um, DeMichael Cole of the commercial appeal wrote in his article re- recounting these events. Uh, the last paragraph in it uh, was from Jim Tanner, John Moran's agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and according to Jaws' agent, uh, this is a quote, says the July 26th incident was purely self-defense. Again, after this was fully investigated by law enforcement, they came to the decision not to charge Jaw with any crime. Any of the dozens of witnesses will confirm that Jaw acted in self-defense. That's in regards to the basketball game. And I'll say that the last thing I'll say about it is I agree with that, but we got to be careful that we're not towing the line of Alabama Twitter, you know, like it's a different circumstance. Brandon Miller actually delivered a gun for a murder, but just avoid these situations. You right. Know what I mean? Just avoid and the, the difference situation. is 
I I feel like I love Jaws as much as the rest of them. I feel like I've got enough sense about me, and I'm not going to um, ignore facts in my face. Yeah. If Jaw, if this was corroborated by anybody, I would be dogging Jaw right now yeah. and calling yeah. it a stupid mistake. Yeah. No, uh, police confirmed that Brandon Miller brought a weapon that killed a girl. You know? Yeah. Not but the hey, same, but I will. I'm, I'm just saying. No, I hear you. I'm but not you know blindly defending this, him either. Right, and this is a this is a family friendly. This is a sports podcast. That's enough heavy talk, man. How about them Grizz? We have don't look now, but the Grizz are starting to get hot. We're winning some basketball games. We actually won a road game in the last week, and yeah, ended an eight game road winning losing streak. Yeah, we won a Western Conference road game. We won't talk about who the opponent was, but it we was the Lakers. Game. Yeah, it was the Lakers. No, I'm sorry. It was Houston. The Lakers was at home. Dang. Yeah, it was the uh, Houston freaking Rockets, and it was a lot closer than it should have been. But anyway, um, Grizz are back time. on their winning ways, man. Jaron Jackson Jr. is him. That dude is – he is he is now uh, in second place in the league in blocks for the year with about – I think it's about 10 fewer games than Brooke Lopez. Um, he had five the other night against the Lakers. Um, he had five against the Rockets on the road. For those of you who want to believe the conspiracy theory that they're padding his home stats, which is wild to me. Um, <laughs> but my man is on a tear. Drew, he almost ended Anthony Davis's career the other night with that putback dunk. Yeah, he went full piggyback on that <laughs> and uh, on that putback dunk. And it was funny because it's like Anthony Davis did not even know what hit him. Um, and so, yeah, Jaron has been incredible. And my only thing with Jaron throughout his career has been foul trouble. And it seems like he's gotten a lot of that under control. And and it says a lot because his fouls always went up when Steven Adams was not playing. Right. When Steven Adams was there, he did not have as much of a problem fouling. Mm-hmm. But Steven Adams has been out for the last, you know, three weeks. Forever. And so – Jaron is not fouling as much without Steven Adams. And so it is showing that he is learning something and he's learning how to defend without fouling for the most part. Yeah. And I like Taylor starting to leave him in a little bit when he is in foul trouble, when he is having some issues, he's leaving him out there, letting him get his blocks, letting him do what he needs to do. Cause Jaron's only going to get this experience and this improvement by playing late in games that matter, right? If we're up 30 on on Dallas or on you you know Utah or Orlando like it doesn't matter but playing late in games against the Lakers the Sixers going toe to toe with Embiid you know that's how he's going to grow and continue to be a better player and so it's nice to see him staying on the court and Drew it's also nice to see us running our offense through him a lot more he's getting a ton more looks in the post a a lot more isos on the wing and he's taking full advantage of it. Well, what he's learned is that he is a mismatch. It's something that we've known this whole time, and it seems like yes. the only people that didn't exploit this was Jaron. Yeah. I don't know if it was because it was not schemed for him, which would have been a coaching thing, yeah. or if he wasn't, like I've said on this podcast before, being the butthole, you know, right. and saying, give me the ball. Because right. Especially when you're running up against teams like Houston last night who don't have that big. Right. You know, Alperin Shingun is good young player. Yeah, but he is not a defensive anchor in the middle. No. Uh, and so we've run up against teams, a lot of teams recently, which is going to get into a point I'm going to make in a minute, mm-hmm. that are playing big lugs in the center yeah. position, and he's not fouling them. Right. Yeah. He went for the most part. You know, he ended up getting some trouble late, but he went for the most part 
toe-to-toe with Embiid for most of that game, getting the shots that he wants. We won't talk about Embiid almost killing uh, Ja on that, that blo- uh, dunk he blocked, but played well against him. He played that was well on against- Jaron. They both got one. Yeah. Jaron blocked Embiid once, and then Embiid went back and blocked Jaron with an equally incredible block. It was just no. That was and a fun he, game. And he about obliterated Jaw on that yeah. one dunk, too. But he played well against AD last night. He's finally coming into his own and realizing, like you said, he is a matchup nightmare. He gets those big lugs out in space, and he dribbles around them and hits an open look in their face. Or if you put a, a small forward or a two on him, they ain't got no chance in the post. And so, like, right. feed 13. Our offense needs to be feed 13. No offense to Jaw, feed 13. Well, and I'm hoping we're going to get some help. Uh, towards the end of this road trip because Steven Adams, according to Taylor Jenkins, was going to try to make his return towards the end of this West Coast road trip Finally. that we are currently on. And whereas Jaron has done a better job of fouling when Steven Adams is not there, what he has not done a good job of doing is rebounding. Rebounding. Uh, yeah. And so we were leading the the NBA in rebounding and offensive rebounding before Steven Adams went back. The center position against the Grizzlies in rebounding. I'm going to read off the last, uh, let's see, I think I've got six games here. So, Anthony Davis, 19 rebounds. Jeez. Nikola Jokic, 13 rebounds. Man. Joel Embiid, 19 rebounds. O- Kelly Olenek and Walker Kessler had 14 apiece for Utah. <laughs> Robert Williams from Boston had 16 rebounds. Mm. And Nikola Vucevic for Chicago had 17 rebounds. Jeez. So the center position is getting dominated on the glass mm-hmm. while Stephen Adams is out. Speaking of, that was a monster win to beat the Nuggets the other night. That was that was huge. A great way to really get going. You know, we had the Sixers early as a as a good Eastern Conference foe, but to beat the team that's outpacing you right now in the Western Conference and who's had our number. I mean, we've always struggled with Denver and Jokic. Seems to have our number. To get that win was a big big win. Right. Yeah, it was a it was a big win and it was an emphatic win. It was a game yes. that Ja did not even have to play in the fourth quarter. No, we let him know. We put him on on notice. And speaking of Ja, man, Grizzly Twitter is a wild place. You know, you and I we like to tweet during games. We keep up with Twitter. We'll send each other tweets back and forth while the Grizz are playing. But Grizz Twitter can be interesting. The other night against. Uh, I think it was in the it was in the Sixers game. I know I saw some tweets, and then it was some early in the Rockets game where there were some some fools that need a they, they need to log off that app because they're out there talking about Jai is too selfish. He only plays for himself. He only plays for stats. The Grizzlies need to, and I quote, trade him to make this team better. There was like, and it wasn't just one tweet. There were tweet after tweet. And Anthony Sane at the Sane Asylum on Twitter uh, was tagging these fools left and right, just trying to, we need to trade Ja. Jaron's worth more to us than a trade than he is for the team. And like, sports fans are wild sometimes with their takes on that app, man. Some folks just need to put the phone down. Yeah, you can't put any stock onto that. Absolutely I mean, not. People are, uh, I mean, they're fanatics. I mean, that's right. That's what a fan is. You are going to be the best fans are high and they are low, depending on how well their team is playing. And right. Ja came out of that break against uh, the first game out of the break was against Philly. And he was just terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. Yeah. But in no situation should the Grizzlies ever think <laughs> that trading Ja would be good for the team. Absolutely. And anybody not. who thinks that's just out of their minds and I won't address it. <laughs> Absolutely not. But 
We've got another chance uh, tomorrow night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. We'll play the Nuggets again. It'll be a good opportunity to kick off a very important road game. We're hitting the tier, road uh, stretch. We're hitting the teeth of our schedule. We've got a brutal next couple of weeks with some of the teams coming up. So it'll be nice. It would be nice to start it off with a win uh, Friday night in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you got them here. Now go get them there. It's not yeah. Denver's a hard place to play. Yeah. Because of the elevation, but you've got a day off in between the games, yeah. and so get there, get rested, don't go out. I don't know what else, what all there is yeah. to do in Denver, but get your rest. Yeah. Drink but lots of fluid, and yeah. let's go out there and try to get another game on the number one seed. That's it, and don't let it spool your road spool your road trip. If it doesn't work out in your favor, you got opportunities at the Clippers and at the Lakers to get some wins back uh, before you host Golden State at home. But in games like the Clippers and Golden State, those are actually more important because mm. the margin between two yeah. and three and four is yeah. a lot closer than oh. one and two. Right. So you really need to fight to keep from falling down. That's it. You know, because the uh, being that two seed is very, very important. And so you've got this, uh, you've got Clippers and Lakers or Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers on the road trip. And then you come home and play the Warriors, the Mavericks, and then at the Mavericks. Right. And those are all teams that are in that chasing you, you know, uh, outside of the Lakers, all those teams are in, let's see, uh, I think between four and six, yeah, uh, chasing you. Yeah. Yeah, Golden State is uh, five, and Dallas is six, and the Clippers are seven. So uh, with only, you know, about four four games separating you. Right. So we need, we, need, we need to win those games. You're absolutely right. Keep those teams chasing you behind you, and don't let them gain ground. Particularly, uh, it would be a good victory to go snatch one on their home court out in L.A. But uh, I want to beat Dallas twice in a row. I'm sick right. of losing to Dallas. Yeah, especially because they got Kyrie, and I don't think that makes them better against us. But, um, but yeah. But we'll hey, speaking speaking of basketball, we're coming up on March Madness. Um, we've got uh, both of our our teams are coming up on the SEC tournament. One of us might be in a little better standing than the other. Um, let's give a quick shout out to Coach Chris Jans and the job he's done at Starville this year. Coming in his first year with a less than talented team, Drew, earlier in the year we were talking about it, man, we could not hit water if we fell out of a boat in SEC play. Came in hot out of a non-conference, 11-1, and one, but just were bad. It was just bad basketball. And I saw a sports writer, this is taking some traction on Mississippi State Twitter, uh, playing Chris Jans in Mississippi State is like having a root, ca- root canal without Novocaine. And so been calling Chris Jans the dentist on Twitter all year long. You know, we're not going to go score more than probably 60, 65 points, but you ain't scoring more than 60, 65 points either. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about two teams that had pretty low expectations going into the year. One team uh, made the low expectations going into the year seem very high. <laughs> and that's all Miss. Uh, yeah. Because the most exciting thing Ole Miss has done is fired their coach. Which, speaking uh, of man, Ker- Ker- well, Kermit, I'm gonna Kermit. say something. I'm gonna say something about Mississippi State first, positively. Right. Um. So, when you get a new coach, you're playing the old coach's players more times than not. The transfer portal has allowed you to get a little, a few of your own players, but even those guys are afterthoughts to bigger colleges most sure. of the time. So, props to Chris Jans because the way. They do not play offense. They set the offensive game of basketball back 
a hundred years in the at, SEC. At least they might as well be playing with straw baskets as rims. <laughs> I mean, it's disgusting to watch. Yes. But defense is effort, mm-hmm. and defense is just nonstop intensity. And to be able to bring that every night, it is it is sheer effort. That's all it is. And he's got those guys, despite the fact that shots aren't falling, to play hard defense yeah. and never let go of the rope. Because yeah. it a lot of times in basketball, if your shot doesn't fall, it negatively affects your offense. You get yeah. yourself out of the game. Uh, if your shots, I'm sorry, if your shots don't fall, you don't play defense. You get down on yourself because all you want to do is score some points. They have thrown that completely out of the window and have played hard. You know, that's one thing Kermit Davis is, gets credit for even today. His team, despite being three and sixteen or three and thirteen in the SEC, yep. they continue to play hard for him. It just turns out he doesn't know how to build a team. You know, that plays well together. Chris Jans has taken the players that he was assigned and got them to buy in to do nothing but give a hundred percent effort a hundred percent of the time. Absolutely. And, and, and credit to that because like drew, we're a Kentucky travel away from beating Kentucky at home, you know, Kentucky travel, you can take three steps. You just can't take four. <clears throat> and they got away with a travel in the lane or we'd have beat Kentucky at home. We turn around, beat Ole Miss and then play Missouri for everything we're worth. The, the, the shots just quit falling in overtime. We lost that game by two, but like night after night, you're right, man. Like we'd play a bad game and we'd come out and win. Like we lost to Alabama. We came back and beat TCU and he's got that team believing. And I'm, I'm, cu- I'm curious to see what will happen if he gets a shooter or two. You know, we talked kind of off air a little bit about Wichita State. They kind of kicked his name around. I think that's more them just trying to gain traction for their job. He was a bench coach for them way back in the 90s under right, Greg under, Marshall um, a little bit. Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall. And um, that's he's not leaving an SEC job. If he beats he's, – he's the only the second coach in Mississippi State basketball history to win 20 games in their first season, Other the other being Rick Stansberry. He beats Vanderbilt uh, on Saturday. We're firmly at a 10-11 seed in the NCAA tournament, which nobody expected us to be anywhere flirting with the NIT, much less the NCAA tournament. Phenomenal job in week in year one by Chris Jans. Well, um, we did talk about the possibility of Chris Jans getting offered that West, uh, Wichita State job. We both agree that that would kind of make sense. It, it doesn't make sense because they're in the AAC, the American Athletic Conference. Right. And given the explosion of the SEC and they're only getting bigger and they're only making more money and they're only the job Mississippi State, which is a I mean, if we're being honest, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both bottom right four or five jobs in the SEC in terms sure. of basketball. Yeah. Even that job being that low in the SEC is in the SEC and will only continue to get a ba- be a better job as conference yeah. realignment goes on. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think it'd be silly to take it. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, I think it's not going to happen now, uh, but Chris Beard is out there. Will Wade <laughs> is out there. Uh, what? I mean, I guess based on your reaction there, that's that would be your thought on hiring either of them? I just... Let me set the table, okay? I would feel really weird about Chris Beard. I would be, I'd be torn. Mm -hmm. Uh, The pros are he's easily a top five coach in college basketball. Mm. Easily. Uh, He took Little Rock to the second round of the tournament, beat Michigan State. Uh, He took Texas Tech to the finals. He, He has Texas as one of the, 
premier programs with an elite recruiting class coming in in two years. He's done that. Yeah. But then he also choked his wife and got, <laughs> um, and if you wanted, if I wanted to play Homer, now I'm going to put this hat on, uh, and I'm just going to play the Ole Miss Homer objective. He was cleared. His wife took responsibility, saying it was, uh, it was he was responding in self-defense that it got out of hand. Like I said, I would be very very i'd feel very icky if they did it however the flip side is and this is the only reason why i would say it would kind of push me in favor of doing it winning is the only thing that matters it's true winning cures all it it's what makes tickets sell brings in money it's why hugh freeze is at auburn right now right winning cures all and if you don't hire chris beard someone else will this is not a morale this is not a place to play the moral game. If you hire the way Ole Miss has got to think about this, if you don't hire Chris Beard, Chris Jans goes to Wichita State. Does Mississippi State hire Chris Beard? Because if then if Mississippi State hires Chris Beard, then you have failed. Yeah. And it sucks that it's that way. And it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. I don't think they're going to let that happen. Um I don't think that I don't think he's Carter's gonna he's- gonna do it. He's not uh, far enough away from the allegations yet. And yes, I agree. He was, he was, everything was dropped. You know, could it have been a case of, <clears throat> I'm not disparaging anybody. These are just options. Like that may have been what happened. It could have been just a passionate uh, argument and whatever that got out of hand. His wife could have remembered those dollar signs that he could make as a coach. Like there's a lot of scenarios here. I'm that's just, what happened. She fell yes. on the sword. I, I <laughs> yes. will go out. I'll say that. Yes. Uh, because what, I've heard out of Austin and everybody knows this couple. They are just a powder keg. They are are high strung. They're emotional and they are ripe for a blow up. That is that couple. It's not their first fight. It was just the first time she called the police. Yeah, absolutely. And And it's not, I don't believe that it was all one party. However, as the man and as the husband, you are, not allowed to do that and you should not ever do that you know no. um no. and so i don't think it's happening if Ole miss hired him i would genuinely as an Ole miss fanatic think it would be the best basketball coach you could hire but feel extremely icky about it i don't disagree i, I think that i mean the results are there obviously he's won a ton of games been very successful at two traditionally successful basketball program. So he's carried on that tradition. Um, he's shown that he can recruit, like you said earlier, with the recruiting classes at Texas. He has some Texas draw where there's a lot of talent, could pull those kids to Ole Miss. I'm not going to argue with the results, but I agree. As a Mississippi State fan, if, if Jans left for Wichita State and we hired him, it'd just be like, is this really the hire we want to make? I agree. The, the results are there, but it's just it would feel gross. Well, and Chris Carter, the athletic director, not Chris Carter. Shoot, that's the former wide receiver, Hall of Fame wide yeah. receiver for the Vikings. Right. Keith Carter, there it is, former Ole Miss basketball player and now athletic director at Ole Miss, has made that hire before to sure. a lesser degree when he hired Lane. He Absolutely. said, "Screw the press, yeah. I'm hiring my guy." Yeah. That's the only reason why I gave it a little bit of thought. Um, report actually came out tonight that said um, it, they were probably leaning in another way. So yeah. there you go. Well. 
We'll see what happens in the offseason. The meanwhile, SEC tournament's getting ready to start. But real quick before we get into college baseball, because this is a college baseball podcast after all, a little bit of SEC football news uh, and kind of a cool saga. Um, did you see uh, Mississippi State picked up a commitment in football today? No, I didn't. Yeah, it's kind of a cool story. Wait, so, I thought it was the de- – no, it's not. The dead period just ended. Mm-hmm. So yes. you're good. So it's Jaquarius Spivey is his name. He was a tight end. Heard that name. Um, he, he was a tight end recruited to Mississippi State. He was a heavily recruited tight end. He came to Mississippi State um, uh, before Mike Leach got there. He started his career with Mississippi State. Mike Leach gets hired. He realizes, I'm not going to get any playing time. Uh, Mike Leach, for those of you who know, run the air raid offense. He did not play tight ends, and so uh, he transferred elsewhere. He transferred to TCU Horn Frogs, and he was on TCU's uh, championship game team this year. They got throttled by Georgia, but he was on the team. He was number 12. He was one of their starting tight ends. Well, he graduated and had one year left of eligibility. Mississippi State's now running tight ends, so we pick up a commitment <laughs> from Georgia, one of uh, the tight ends that was there in that, that great tight end room. And Jaquarius Spivey is coming back to Starville for his his graduate season. Uh, so started at State, transferred TCU, finishing up in Mississippi State. Just a cool story and glad to have him back in Starville. Okay. <laughs> okay. So moving right along. Um, Drew, we got some big games coming up this weekend. We've got the tale of two baseball teams. Before we get started, man, uh, there's some controversy around the Ole Miss Rebels this week in college baseball. Yeah. You want to just start there? I think so. So for those of you keeping at home, I'll set the stage. I'll get okay. your take on it. And I've got some thoughts. So yeah, I'm curious to see how you were going to uh, to unbiasedly give this sure. uh, synopsis of what happened. Watch this. So last night while we were recording our podcast, um, a storm rolled through North Mississippi. For those of you who who are keeping up at home, we did not get to release our show. You saw our post on Instagram and Twitter that we we're in a rain delay. The Two Bucks Sports Podcast, an indoor podcast, mind you, but we we're in a rain delay. <laughs> That same rain system affected a baseball game in Oxford, Mississippi, where the Ole Miss Rebels were losing in the top of the seventh to the the La Tech Bulldogs, um, who had beat them the night before. Um, I don't know why I threw that detail in there, but anyway, um, playing the game, Ole Miss is is takes a, they're leading in the bottom of the sixth, top of the seventh starts. La Tech scores a couple runs, takes a one run lead, two run lead. Right, right. Ole Miss was up by one. La Tech scored two. And was up by one at the top of the seventh when the storm got there. Ole Miss chose not to tarp their field because it was some heavy rain. But then lightning struck. Lightning is the enemy of the two outdoor sports that require, well, the college outdoor sport that requires a metal bat and golf, a metal stick. You don't want to be outside waving one of those around when there's lightning coming. So the game was called due to lightning. Well, there was the option. You could postpone the game and finish it later. Or you can go back to the last completed inning, and that's the end of the game. Rumor has it, La Tech approached the Ole Miss staff and the Ole Miss athletic department and said, hey, let's postpone this bad boy and finish it in a midweek game later in the season, to which the Ole Miss staff said no. Okay, well, let's start from the beginning here. Uh, first, uh, you're correct. La Tech, it was in the top of the seventh. La Tech had a one-run lead. Uh Hey, and, by the way, I think I set that up pretty unbiasedly. Well, this is where you were wrong, though. So yeah. I, you, you you tried to be unbiased, but some of your facts were wrong. Um, <laughs> lightning was first. So mm. the field was not tarped because you're in a lightning delay. Mm. A, lightning does not affect the grass or the dirt around the infield. 
But when there's lightning coming, don't you think rain's coming too? Okay. Well, let me. So we're in a lightning delay. They had scheduled the restart when the bottom fell out. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the field was tarped when it started raining. Nobody preemptively tarps a field. And to say that Ole Miss was skirting out, because the rules say, like them or not, I understand the rule. The rule is if the home team cannot bat in the bottom of the inning, then you have to go back to the previous completed inning and call mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, that's baseball. The home team losing always gets a chance to bat. Sure. So, but I got a question. Uh-huh. And you'll probably get to this, but what about there were pictures of the field with standing water in the infield? Without a tarp. Okay. So, lightning struck. You are, and they schedule the the game was supposed to start. I think it's seven forty five. They set a start time because sure. once lightning strikes, you have to wait. I think thirty minutes from the last lightning strike to return to play. Right. And then, as you know, the bottom fell out, and that field drains very well. Uh, I've seen, I've sat there through many rain delays where there are puddles everywhere and the field drains well it's just engineered correctly however the tarp will be out there if it rains Mm -hmm. what happened though is that you had 12 hours of rain like there was no you got to call the game or postpone Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. so if you want to have a gripe that says that Ole Miss didn't want to reschedule uh a three inning game in a midweek, then you can have that great. I don't have a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is you play 50 something games in a year and every week you've got one or two midweek games. When do you fit it in? So for three innings. Mm-hmm. So I, I always, I have been bucking the idea that Ole Miss purposefully did not tarp the field so that they could revert back to the sixth inning score and call it as a win. That's just not true. That it was not a purposeful thing. It's just it just didn't happen. If you want to say that Ole Miss did not bend over backwards to Louisiana Tech's request to come up here in mid-April to do a three-inning game on a Tuesday, well then I'm going to say that that's probably takes a little bit more effort to schedule than what can be done in a dugout in during a rain delay. So my take on it, as much as I want to think Ole Miss was ducking that smoke because La Tech had beat him the night before and was beating him no again. Smoke to duck. I mean, come on. It's La Tech. Let me finish. I know as, they lost as the much first as night. I want to, as much as that's what I want to think it was absolutely the right call. I can see this being a logistical nightmare. Like, okay, cool. We're on our way to play. You know, LaTeX heading up to play Louisville or something later in the year. They're playing a conference game in Memphis, and on their way through, they stop in and play. Uh, you know, or they're playing Southern Miss, and they go You're up and play in pictures. Oxford. You're, I mean, that's it. Like, there's an opportunity for you. Like, you get somebody warm. You got three innings. Like, it was absolutely the right call to not reschedule that name and buy buy that reschedule that game and buy a rule that goes back to the last completed inning. It was absolutely the right call. I don't I don't approve of the La Tech coach going on and on and on in all these interviews about how they got gypped and Ole Miss was scared and they should have tarped the field and the game was canceled Listen, because of rain. Like, stop it. I stop get, it. I understand him, too. Like like I said, I'm an Ole Miss fanatic. I'm going to always cheer for Ole Miss, but I like to think that I can see it 
from both sides. And I get why Lane Burroughs is going to sit in the Ole Miss dugout with the Ole Miss logo behind him and say, we're never coming, we're never scheduling Ole Miss again as long as I'm the head coach. Mm-hmm. The way he sees it, they were winning, and a rain sure. delay because of NCAA college baseball rules yeah. resulted in them to lose yeah. uh, because Ole Miss couldn't fit them in their schedule or didn't try to fit a three-inning game on their schedule. I get it. Be mad. Whatever. I don't care. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is uh, if they wanted to it, wanted to do it, Louisiana Tech, as an SEC team, when you play teams from lower levels like that, now Louisiana Tech's a pretty good program, so maybe it doesn't apply to them. Uh, your RPI is going to get deemed against in a win against a bad team. Right. If you want to say, now Ole Miss did this last year. Ole Miss does not get into the NCAA tournament if they play Arkansas State in that midweek game to end this in the last week of the season. Yeah. They flat out in good weather canceled that game mm-hmm. uh, to save their RPI to give them a fighting chance of getting in the tournament. That is shady, and that is what winning programs need to do to save themselves <laughs> duck because that smoke. there is nothing good. It's not smoke. You're ducking. <laughs> it is there. It, it's ducking. No win situations. Yeah. Ole Miss would not have made the NCAA tournament if they played the 200 best, uh, RPI team in college baseball and beat them by 50 runs. They yeah. RPI would still go down because the team is so bad. Yeah. And so, they made a business decision with Arkansas State. I do not believe they made a business decision ducking Louisiana Tech. No. Louisiana Tech's not that bad. It would not be no. an RPI buster. If it was that bad of an RPI mm-hmm. buster, they wouldn't play him two games back-to-back on a midweek. Yeah, and Lane Burrow's got that program pointing in the right direction. They'll they'll probably be flirting with a spot, like a three or a four seed in a regional yeah. somewhere in Tallahassee or Houston or somewhere. And I think they'll be a they'll be a good team. But I agree. You ain't duck you ain't ducking them. It it's it's good business. It keeps your team healthy. You've already got one pitcher on the shelf. We talked about him and Hunter Elliott. Like you don't want to be straining these kids' arms any more than you have to. And the last thing you want to do while you're in the the like the the thick of conference play is have to add another midweek game that somebody else will have to pitch in. Yeah, and it's just it. Louisiana Tech is good. You know they uh, they took a game from Arkansas in the regionals last year. I They're believe that good. was last year. Maybe it was two years ago. He won't be there long. Lane Burroughs won't be there long. Yeah, and so I get it, man. I would be pissed too because mm-hmm. from a Louisiana Tech perspective, they were winning. Why is it a loss? It it does not make it rational sense. But I mean, the way the way karma works, you know what's going to happen. You know they're going to be the they're going to be the three or four seed in the in Oxford, Oxford regional. Yeah, 100%, absolutely. 100%. And then guess what? You said you would never schedule Ole Miss again. Well, the NCAA will do it for you. Here's your chance, Bubba. Here's your chance. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to make up that three-inning game in which you were leading by one inning in Oxford yeah, for a Against regional. a team that can score 15 runs in a heartbeat. So. Yeah. Give me that game. Let's yeah. – um, both teams, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, backdoored the series against yep. their uh, respective opponents. Ole Miss yep. run up against a buzzsaw on Friday night against Maryland, and he shut us down, and then the offense exploded on uh, Saturday and Sunday despite a numerous amount of walks. Um, Ole Miss won on Saturday 12-6 to despite walking 11 and hitting four. Mm. Um, it's a problem that's got to be fixed. Yeah. Uh, it's a problem because you've got a bunch of freshman arms. I uh, believe the stat was that you had two returning pitchers this year that had over nine innings of experience in last season 
in the last season. Yep. Um, one of those, uh, it would be three if you included uh, Hunter Elliott, who is down. There is news. I don't know if you saw news about our Friday night A's, Hunter Elliott. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has an MC, uh, UCL sprain, not a tear. So he can resume throwing in a week, and they expect him to be back around mid-April uh, in time for the, the stretch run. So yep. I think that's best-case scenario for that. And um, so all the freshmen, I'm hoping, are just getting dialed in right now, and we can start throwing strikes. Because if you throw strikes, the defense is good enough, the offense is good enough, you just can't be walking people. Right. And I think Mississippi State had a lot of the same issues on Friday night. Can relate, man. We did. We walked a ton against Arizona State. Arizona State as a team hit two for twelve or hit two twelve in that game on Friday night. Two of our losses so far this year that lost to ULM, they hit one eighty eight, and then our other loss to Arizona State, they hit two twelve. Like teams are not hitting the ball. We struck out ten guys in that game, but we walked nine, and nine walks are going to get you beat just about just about every time. Um, walks have been a trouble for a trouble spot for us this year. So Mississippi State can absolutely relate on that. But same backdoor to really good Arizona State baseball team got two wins against a top power five team, um, consistent power five team. They're not as good as they used to be, but they're a consistent regional team every year. Um, but the most impressive thing was just the freshman pitching for us, much like you said, man, the freshmen are carrying us to the point that. Gerangelo, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name because I'll butcher it. I've been saying Clinchy, but I think it's I think it's just, I think yeah. it's something like that. Yeah, I'm just um, based on my own grammar and yeah. skills, my own phonics. I just said Clinchy, but yes. Yeah, so it's C I J N T J E. For any of our listeners at home that want to give it a shot, uh, born in the Netherlands, grew up in Curacao, spent his last two years of high school in Miami. He's the one. He throws 96, 97 from the right. 91, 92 from the left, and his curveball and slider on the left are gnarly. So he pitches with a six-finger glove, and mm-hmm. rules don't let him change hands mid at bat, but he can change no. each batter. That's the same as the MLB. Right. It's You have to – is it the pitcher or the hitter that has to declare first? Uh, the hitter has to declare first, and then the pitcher gets to declare. Right. So and if you're a switch hitter – pro. Yeah, yeah, if you're a switch hitter, the hitter declares first and the pitcher. Right. Yes. Uh, and he is going to be our Friday night starter against Ohio State, and I'm fired up about that, man. Yeah, he is. It's exciting. I'm so excited. He's got a bright potential. You know, he was drafted in the 18th round as a shortstop, but wanted to pitch. Like the sky's the limit with this kid. He's got some good stuff, and I'm excited to watch him play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna get the D1 package this weekend. If those of our listeners at home, if you want to watch it, it's only on D1Baseball.com. <clears throat> if you use, uh, I think it's Hell State BB as the code. Uh, you get 10% off. It'll cost you 25 bucks to watch State play three quality opponents, uh, Ohio State Friday night, Oklahoma Saturday, and then on Sunday against Cal. So it'll be a good opportunity to support the dogs in the Frisco tournament. We went out there last year, went three and one, even in a bad year, and I'd love to go out there and do something similar. So see what happens. Yeah. Um, we both have to pay extra to watch our baseball teams this weekend because mm-hmm. Ole Miss goes up to play in uh, is it USAA Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota? I think that's what it is. is that right? I think that's it. Anyways, the Vikings Stadium. Yeah. It looks atrocious. Like why are we still it's 2023. Why are we still playing baseball in football stadiums? Yeah. I mean, it's cool. It's uh like 420 feet to dead center and 300 Tanked. at right and left. Yeah. Uh it looks what's the old ballpark? Uh is it Comerica that had the just uh no, not Comerica. That's the White Sox stadiums. Um, no, it was the old Yankee had that short shelf in right field. Uh, there was, with the small there was wall. one that had uh, 
the huge like center field was like 500 feet you oh, know what, what uh, was it camping uh, yards in baltimore that had the the short porch i think maybe uh, in right in left field anyways uh we i have to buy the big 10 network plus to watch ole miss play maryland again that same <laughs> yeah. that same ace friday night yeah, right the same ace uh i think hopefully it'll be better the second time than the first time then we play Minnesota and Nebraska on Saturday and Sunday. And so, like Rusty said, they are quality opponents. I believe Minnesota was a regional team last year. I'm not sure about Nebraska. Um, but they're Power 5 teams. And Power 5 teams always, uh, you know, you got to take Power 5 teams seriously. Yeah, they uh, help the RPI. Yeah. Uh, baseball is baseball. That's the, one yeah. of the best things about baseball and the things that can also kill you. Yeah. Ole Miss scored off somewhere around 75 runs on Saturday and Sunday <laughs> against Maryland, but Maryland's ace shut them down on Friday night. Um, yeah. And so, um, looking forward to that. Looking forward to see how they see how they do against a pitcher, seeing them the second time around. Hey, real quick, uh, uh, one last thing about Mississippi State. Um, well, two last things. A big win against Southern Miss in the midweek the other night. We were losing that game three different times and came back in one. Dakota Jordan hitting a bases clearing double late in the game, the bottom of the eighth, to win that game for us. Colton Ledbetter, I told you about him before the before right. the season started, is the NCAA leader in RBIs right now. My boy has 19 in nine games. Um, second place is at 17, and he is just absolutely raking. Against Southern the other night, bases loaded, came up, hit one in the gap, the left center gap, and got a triple out of it. Uh, cleared all the bases, 19 RBIs in nine games. He is on an absolute tear. He's got the highest batting average on our team, followed closely by Amani Larry. Cole Ledbetter, the transfer from Sanford, is the truth. Right. Um, Ole Miss had a guy, um, Calvin Harris, not the former DJ that dated Taylor Swift, a different one. <laughs> this one's from Iowa. He's our catcher. He's one of the guys that I told you preseason to look out for. Uh, in one of the craziest games I've ever seen in baseball, uh, Sunday, Ole Miss was up by two going into the bottom of the seventh inning, yeah. and they scored eight runs. Uh, including the last four on a Calvin Harris grand slam, his second home run of the game to the opposite field. Uh, just a wild game to end it. Uh, he had two home runs on the game. An absolute C that he hit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that was the uh, the biggest, the second biggest comeback of the week. The first biggest was last night when we coerced the rain to start, and we got to revert. <laughs> we had to go. We got to go back in time to win the game. It's the most creative win. The most brilliant coaching decision that's ever been made to assure a win for the home team. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to argue that, man. You call it, you called it a favor with mother nature last night to beat. Hey, I'm telling American you, if that was on purpose, it's genius. I mean, yeah. just chess. Why'd you waste it on La Tech? You use that against LSU or Florida. You got to do it when it rains, man. <laughs> don't do that against La Tech. You can't predict <laughs> the weather and Hey, Maybe we'll do it again. We play plenty of home games, and yeah. it likes to rain. So I guess apparently. So, uh, yeah. So uh, big weekend in baseball this weekend coming up for both of our teams. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is always fun to see how they stack up with Power Five conferences. It's it's fun to see. I was talking to my dad. We're season ticket holders at Ole Miss, and last year in the non-conference games leading up to SEC play. We play like Charleston Southern and mm -hmm. UCF and just a bunch of just boring run rule games. It's fun to see a home series against Maryland. Yeah. And then uh, we go to 
Minnesota to play Minnesota, Nebraska, and Maryland again. Yeah. And then next weekend, we have a home series against Purdue. It's fun to see the Power 5 conference matchups. It's good for fans who buy tickets like myself yep. uh, because I'm motivated to go to these non-conference games in which last year, you know, I could have taken the first month off, you know, maybe going to one of the three games instead of two or three of the three games just because, you know, I can uh, turn this on the TV, watch us win by 13 and get some stuff done around the house. Yeah. And I, I agree. See, we've got ours early. We played Arizona state. We've um, got some of that out of the way. We got a, a decent series coming up. We're riding a three game uh, win streak into the Ohio state game Friday, Oklahoma, Saturday, Cal Sunday. We played in this tournament last year, like I said, against tech, Texas tech, Texas, and I think TCU. Uh, we played Texas tech again last year in, in Biloxi. We've got a run of some lesser opponents leading up to conference play, though, which is what we need. We're not the team. We're not Ole Miss. We're not nearly as good as Ole Miss and some of these other teams, the SEC. So we need some tune-up games before we play Kentucky that first weekend of the season. For us, conference play opens at Kentucky March 17th, and Kentucky is a decent team, followed by Arkansas State and Vandy. So nice to get some wins under our belt. But one thing, man, I love some of the If you're good enough, Kentucky is a tune-up series. It, I mean, if, it, it, if, it be for us. if you want Mississippi State to be as good as you what you want them to be, Kentucky should be a tune up series. And we're getting there. I think we're heading in that direction, but it just depends on how our pitching are. If our freshman pitching can continue as good as it is, I think you're right. But it's just like we give up so many walks and, run, and, right. and runs off of that. Any, but I'll, any game is in play if you walk that many people. I'll say this. I'm a fan of the white hats and the white helmets we've been wearing this year. They look crispy with those all white uniforms i i don't disagree with you i would change one thing i don't like the maroon bill on the I, helmets i could i'll i like it either if you're way going to go white go all, all white. white and i i did not but I, I didn't care for the combination to have the white hat with the maroon bill with the black jersey and the white pants it was too much it just didn't work for me no mississippi state's notoriously for either having really really good uniforms or atrocious uniforms. bad ones it's, wore, it's adidas for you adidas is so that's bad that's go it. to nike uh adidas will screw you up quick yeah uh, those pajamas they wear on sundays are awful I all blacks black. were terrible i like the all whites with the state script against southern the other night we went to our classic pinstripe with the m over s on the chest like, i those love good. the mississippi state uniform i've told you this anytime you do the big script state and you put it on white or mm-hmm. cream with the pinstripes it's mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 uh if you wanted to go base like pro baseball with it get you a white get you a, a gray or cream and then get you an alternate yep. you don't have to do it you can wear the same thing every time yeah don't have to get cute with it uh yep. mississippi state uh mississippi state maroon is i mean just unbiasedly hard to make look good i don't like maroon <laughs> i went to kasuth i come by this honestly i don't i don't think maroon looks We've good been on maroon our whole life man yeah and uh so, of course, joke was on me. I transferred to Alcorn Central. I had to wear purple, which is <laughs> much worse than maroon. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, stick with what's good, and that's what I like what Ole Miss does. They go their navy. They go their red, which is my favorite uniform. I and, like the powder and, blue. And man. The powder, powder, yeah, the powder blue, blue is great. And amazing. the pins on midweek games mm-hmm. and don't – don't differ from it it's good honestly before we got hot you know baseball is a game of superstitions mm-hmm. and Ole Miss got hot wearing those navy jerseys yeah, in Omaha classic. yeah uh if before we got hot and won the national championship wearing those navies I was awful replacing them 
and wearing the pinstripes instead because I love those pinstripes. Uh, but now we I've got we got to wear the navy. I'll say those navies are classic. They just they look good. That, that's just a, that's hard to beat. Those are classic. That, when I think of Ole Miss baseball, I think of those navy jerseys. So. Well, and I like the I like the red having Ole Miss and the navy having Rebels. Yeah. You know, in the same script. You know. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, I think we would both agree Ole Miss has incredible uniforms. I wouldn't go that far. They've got good <laughs> uniforms, but I like the ones in Starb a little bit better. Yeah, you just like the people in the uniforms better. I like, man, maroon is all that matters. I love that color. Yeah. So, um, Rusty, is there any other notes that you just kind of wanted to hit on? We went long this week. Uh, all the kids are in bed, and we're just feeling good, so we went yeah. a little long. And so if there's anything you want to tackle on the end that you just want to talk about uh, really quickly, go for it. Uh, yeah, I think one thing we talk about real quick, since we're on the baseball topic, man, this pace of play thing is going to be an oh, interesting yeah. uh tidbit for professional baseball i saw carlos correa the other day he started to do his normal lap around the box and immediately yeah. spun around and came yeah. back in because there have been games that have ended on ball fours there have been games that have ended on strike threes like this clock is going to be something and i forgot i told you i want to talk about this i'm glad you brought it up it is absolutely the best thing that baseball's ever done i, I stand, you couple that with banning the shift uh and old school baseball, I get it. Your old heads. Baseball is the oldest sport in the world, and it's tradition. It's mm-hmm. baseball's great because of its history and everything. I don't care. I, I don't care. Baseball had gotten so unwatchable because all the only outcomes that were ever happening were you're going to strike out, you're going to walk, or you're going to hit a home run. Mm. But that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, other than grounding into the shift, you know, yeah. and. Major League Baseball had an excitement problem. I believe this to be 100% true. They had an excitement problem. And excitement happens when you've got runners on the base pass. You've got intensity. You've got double play coverages. You've got all the whole shooting match. And all that was out the window with the shift and the pace of play. There's nothing more unexciting that baseball could do than taking five minutes to pitch to the same batter. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you get three balls and two strikes in an at bat, and it was taking five minutes. Sure. Unless, you know, I like those battles where you're fouling them off and that kind of thing. That's right. Right. That's than, action. That's, that's action. Different than the batter pacing around the box and the pitcher standing on the backside of the mound. Like, I agreed. I think it's been good for college baseball. You know, Mississippi State, we struggle with that a little bit. We talked about that with the walks and rushing a little bit, but I think it's going to speed it up. I think it's going to draw interest to the sport again. Major League Baseball is a dying sport. It really is. I mean, the fans are going down. No new kids are get, getting into it. Uh, I think Rob Manfield is dr- is driving it into the ground, but that's a conversation for another podcast episode. Well, there's a there's another. I know I've talked about it here. The blackout market is killing that as well. Awful. Uh, Awful. And uh, I saw this tweet the other day, and it, it's funny when you compare them side by side. There's been a lot of this going around. I'm sure you've seen several. Uh, it was saying how many strikeouts have happened, or I'm sorry. In this, I'm trying to get it right in my head. In this at bat, they did an at bat in which uh, it took forever. I don't remember who was batting. It may have been uh, that fellow you were talking about with Houston, you know, Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about him walking around. I don't remember who it was, but it was like, how many inside the parks could Jose Altuve hit 
<laughs> while this at bat still goes on or in between <laughs> it was in between pitches i'm mm-hmm. sorry it was in between pitches yeah and the video stopped at four Jeez. in between pitches last year jose altuve lapped the bases four, four times, times. And, and so yeah. it is the best thing that baseball could do because it makes the game more exciting it makes it shorter yes which with it and it's not that it that necessarily the length matters but it's the gap of action in between yeah the it, significant happenings of the game like it it, yeah. it it becomes so unwatchable if you could yeah. even watch it which takes me back to the blackout market yeah you're telling me that i can't watch a nationally televised st louis cardinals game because i live in north mississippi yeah no i'm sorry forget it and that's you're going to kill my fandom and we've talked about this with college baseball, too, because that's why it's difficult to nationally televise college baseball games, because Friday night might be three hours and 20 minutes, and then Saturday may be pushing five hours because of delays and pitching changes, and you get some of those middle relievers that can't throw strikes. And so the efforts to speed up the game are only going to make it more marketable, make it more enjoyable and interesting, and, and hopefully generate more interest in what is a phenomenal sport again. And I'm going to tell you this, Rusty, your gripe uh, to start baseball season was that they were not nationally televised enough. If in one to two years there are more college baseball games that are nationally televised on the big networks, worth it will it. solely be because of the pitch clock. Worth it. Absolutely worth it. And I agree 100%. I think that's this is going to be what pushes it that way. There's going to be some pushback. There's going to be some bugs to work out. But I think this is opening the door to some nationally televised. Like a, I mean, it would be nothing better than Ole Miss and Southern Miss or Mississippi State and Texas or whatever. Ole Miss and State playing on a Tuesday night on ESPN. Like, like you know, have Tuesday night baseball, make it college. I mean, nothing would be better right. than that for the sport. Um, Have you watched any of the spring training? I've been watching some of the highlights. I haven't watched a ton of games yet, no. I sat down and watched a couple innings of the Cardinals game the other day just to see what it looked like. Mm-hmm. There was a strikeout that took 20 seconds like it is so fast yeah that it's not it's jarring yeah but you're talking about i used to be able to go make waffles in between pitches (laughs) you know yeah so it's it's an incredible change and it's the best thing that rob manford has done for the mlb since he since he took office yeah one of the only good things but again that's another uh show yeah so, uh, Rusty, it looks like our recording is sitting at about uh, an hour and a half. And so is that going to do us for tonight? I think so, sir. Thank you. If you made it all the way to the end of the show, we appreciate you being patient with us on our non Wednesday night podcast this week. Uncle Buck had to go be, had to go, go power Rangers and <laughs> save Tippa County from utter darkness. Yeah. And so, uh, if uh, if you are a patron of Tippa County and you were mad at me for not having the podcast out yesterday, you're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I uh, they lit the bat signal and uh, Uncle Buck had to go get the power back on. And so uh, I may uh, I may post some of the episode last night because uh, Drew's power blinked and his eyes got real big and he looked at me and he looked at his phone and then he got real distracted and I'm like, yep, here it comes. Yeah. And Props then, uh, to Rusty. He improved very well for a few seconds while my boss called me and to tell me that we had lost the substation. Uh, and so uh, he filled in the dead space in the air very well. Uh, and even on a couple of occasions as uh, I was having to check and trying to trying to get Skype downloaded and on my phone to try to pivot to the phone. 
Uh, hey, did a good job. Got in his truck and was carrying on with our draft and doing his picks. And his tires hadn't cleared his driveway yet. And he's mid-thought. And I'm in. I'm listening. You're trying to, you know, pay attention. And he's like, oh, Rusty, got to go. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I started getting two calls at the same time. And I was like, okay, uh, these folks need direction. And I need to find out what direction to send them in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, long story short, thank you guys for being patient with us. Uh, we got you the podcast a day late, but we did get you the podcast, and I hope yep. you enjoy it. Uh, check us out on our social channels. Interact with us. Uh, two Bucks Sports Podcast with the number two on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, two Bucks Sports Pod on Facebook. Uh, you can always catch us on YouTube. You can catch the live stream at Two Bucks Sports Pod. And um, if you listen to us on a podcast, give us a rating. Tell us what you like about it. If the podcast sucks and you hate it, give us five stars and we'll address it. If you give us one star, we'll pretend like we never even saw it. Never saw it. Yeah. So uh, just in a nutshell, just uh, give us five stars. Yeah, more or uh, less. Than, yeah. Our, uh, our good buddy Matt Graves is the only one so far to, uh, to write us a review. So uh, Matt Graves is still our favorite fan. So Matt, <laughs> if you hear this, uh, we still appreciate you and tell one of your friends to comment yeah. on the podcast <laughs> he's, he's the only one that's left to comment and so matt you get a shout out in back-to-back weeks so i promise you that that would happen and so uh as uh, uh back as the back temptation week. said we are not too proud to beg no <laughs> so <laughs> please give it don't give us your money yet that's coming but give us your reviews <laughs> so all right but all right buckets i enjoyed the podcast and we will catch up with everybody else next week yes sir thanks as always uncle buck we'll see y'all next week Thank you.